In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. This is Dan the Dad, and you should listen to Raw and Order, or uh, you're grounded. And you don't want to be grounded. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Booking Institute. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. A little, a little bit peeved off. I want to go on a little rant to start off. A little bit. Start off. your rant. I'm gonna start my rant, and and it's and it's gonna. If beer be... came, you should be happy. Yeah. Oh, he should be really happy. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> he should be exhausted. Really. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I'm gonna go kick the shit out of Dominic Mysterio now. Yeah. Apparently that, that's fine by me. He, he instantly became baby face of the year for me. Like, fuck yeah, shit I know. No, I'm 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 gonna go on a little bit of rant because uh, something ha- that happened at the end of our WrestleMania uh, review um, has been percolating in my brain and making me angry. Um, Sorry, we got a man. we got a comment. We got a comment at the end, and at first we thought maybe he was it was a setup to a joke. Um, or something, but then, then it, uh, it kind of struck us later that it was a dig at us and more specifically, it was probably a dig at me. Um, the comment was something along the lines of, uh, why is wrestling more important than visiting a barber? Um, uh, implying that. I'm uncapped. And the reason I I point out me is because of the two of us that are on right now, I am obviously the less manicured one. Of of, of the beard. Of the beard. Yeah, beard. And of the hair. Of the hair, yeah. You 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 cover yours. I cover mine, but I'm, I'm a fucking shaggy dude. How are we best friends? I, I, I honestly don't know because I'm a long-haired hippie and and I'm I'm see I'm what CM Punk really legitimately should look like. But uh straight edge, you know. Yeah. But but uh, the funny thing is I am about as straight edge as they come, yeah, aside from true. being the long haired hippie. Um yeah. but no what, what bugs me about it is is just fucking you know, I work a good job. I make good money. I have a good life. I have a good wife. Um, I have good friends. Um, and my job that I work at does not mind this. Right? They don't care. Right? If they did, I would be more manicured. Right? Um, I. It's not that wrestling's more important than visiting a barber. It's that fucking everything is more important to me than visiting a barber. Spending time with my wife and kid is more important than visiting a barber. Uh, recording this podcast more important than visiting a barber. Uh, buying fucking wrestling cards more important than visiting a barber. Freaking sleep more important than visiting a barber. And of course, going to my job where I work full time and make decent money 
is more important than visiting a barber. Um, you know, in the grand is? scheme of things, delivering the punchline to your jokes, <clears throat> the dude, the dude's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> no. In, in the end, the the punchline to the joke is "fuck you." That's why. Right. It's, it's simple, right? You come on our podcast and try to try to you know come in our comment section and try to do it. Fuck off, man. Um, yeah. Simple. The whole can of it. Spray it on your hand. Fuck it. Yep. Spray it on your yep. hand. Fuck it. Nobody's exactly. gonna bite it though. Yep. Just fuck off. Just fuck off. Fuck the can. Fuck the the. You can you can get the get candles, it in like uh, candles. candle. You get the candle version. Just fuck just fuck it. it until there's a tiny little hole for your tiny little penis. <laughs> and now you're over it. Did the rant help? That that's I, the the rant did help. I mean, it just bugged me. I mean, like the, the the simple fact is, I actually had been planning on on trimming up my beard and and getting all nice and everything now, and now I'm not gonna fucking do it because of some fuckhead who's not on the podcast right now. Because because now now I'm taking a stand. I'm gonna be the most bedraggled looking person on the fucking planet. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a big old Santa beard. Looking you know. forward to seeing your ugly mug twice a week, bud. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm going to sit on the podcast. I'm going to do this all show. Hey, I like playing with my beard, so fuck off. Oh, you're preaching to the choir there. Doing that to your beard is half the reason you have a beard, isn't it? <laughs> but I don't get to do the sides because i got to keep myself well kept because I'm in the public eye. Yeah. I very specifically decided to get a job where I didn't have to deal with the public and therefore would not have to worry about my appearance as much. I mean, you know, fuck, I, I take a shower, I get ready, I brush and, and brush my hair, brush my teeth. Brush, you know, I, I make myself presentable, but fuck it, right? Both days a week? Yeah, all two days of the week. <laughs> Sometimes one. Uh, no, seriously. Fuck. I mean, here's the deal. the The thing about trolling is there's people trolling all the time, and and mm-hmm. we saw it, you know, with the lead up to WrestleMania. We saw it with the lead up to, you know, anything AEW. There, there's marks on all sides of everything. You see it in politics. You see it, in, and and really, this is the shit that matters. The the relationships that you develop through your life, the mm-hmm. the things that make you go. You know what? Uh, here's here's a little note for our fans who um, don't really know much about us other than our stances on wrestling. And even in wrestling, we we two best friends who, again, one has a short haircut all the time. I've never had long hair. Um, the other one has what you just saw earlier, um, the, the, the beard. One has a a v-shaped beard the other has more of a bushy beard all of that transitions to several other areas of our lives as friends there's we met in the car industry um and had two different philosophies about that um we definitely have different political opinions and i it, that sometimes bleeds into the show but most times has its way of staying out um we definitely have different religious opinions. We have all these other opinions in our lives. And really, at the end of the day, what think, what life's really about is still having the great relationships that you can have with other people, regardless of all the other shit, regardless of all the, 
all the stuff that, that's, that's personal or stances and respecting other people when they say something about it, respecting that, that somebody that may have a different opinion than you about proper grooming or somebody that may have a different opinion than you about, um, you know, any of those number of things. And yeah, in the public eye, you have to look more like Joe Biden than you do, you know, um, well, smarks, but, <laughs> um, not old, just shaved and clean and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, the, the bottom line is that's actually one of the bigger blessings to the Cody Rhodes storyline is we saw some people who didn't have to have their fucking big dick swinging arguments come together and maybe we're going to see a really, really great product out of it. And thus far we have. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we didn't piss all over our relationships. Cody didn't piss all over his relationship with WWE because they saddled him with Stardust, which is a really good reason to say, fuck off, I'm going to go make my own company. Yep. It really is. Um, also, WWE didn't go piss off, you made a competing company. It's the number one company against us, the one that causes the most strife for us. Instead, they said, you know what? You were right. You had a gimmick and, and you knew what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. And, we'll... and they allowed themselves to have a relationship still. And that's fucking cool. And being a dick on fucking Twitter, Facebook, this shit on, on people's podcasts, it doesn't do anything for you. Stay out of the fucking comment section, you fucking tool bags. Yeah. So, um, so to talk a little bit about Cody, we're going to get into the fantasy booking here in a bit because that's what this show is really about. But I do want to talk a little bit about this because the thing that um, it's it's bugging the fuck out of me right now sure. with the wrestling internet is the amount of tribalism that we're seeing. Um, and we're seeing it from both sides. From fucking both sides, and it pisses me off. Um, we're about to get the best WWE product I think we've had in three years. Would you say three? Potentially. In the end... I mean, we don't know. It may be great. It may may not be. I can't help but think that that Cody is one of the few people on this planet who can help amplify what's made the thing that's made WWE great is they let they let Roman turn heel. I mean, here's the deal: two years ago, it was not as good as it is now. It was more used. They use more people than they do now. But the the Roman storyline alone is is worth watching SmackDown. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I want to kind of go into is, is it just bugs me so much, the tribalism, the amount of people who, um, and like I say, it comes from both sides, right? When uh, Aleister Black left WWE and then showed up on, on uh, AEW as Malachi Black, uh, you could see all sorts of uh, sudden postings by people. This guy's a traitor. He turned his back on the company that made him. And first of all, Tommy End was around long before he showed up. Yeah, Alistair Black made Alistair Black. Um, but but uh, beside that, right? The simple fact is, if you are in a business and you are unhappy at your current job for whatever reason, regardless of how successful it's made you, if you are unhappy at your current job and you have a chance to go to another place where you think you might be happier, then do it. 
And I don't care if that's at, at a car dealership. We've both been in that situation where we were unhappy at a car dealership. And we both got into the legal atmosphere. Yeah, we, we both made a change, right? Um, we, we have been there with other jobs where we were less than happy with that. And so we made a change. It's no different than quit at Wargo, take a job at U.S. Bank, right? If you think you can improve your life, then you do it. And, and, and we, we should be happy for them. Regardless, we had a conversation probably close to a year ago on, on one of our episodes where we talked about who we thought the first person to leave AEW and go back to WWE would be, right? And he's ROH now. <laughs> yeah, and none, like he's none of us. Yeah, none, none of us, not, none of the three of us uh, thought it was going to be Cody. Cody wasn't even on our list. We said our number one was Brian Cage, who got his uh, contract extended with AEW and is now going to be... I'm guessing one of the focal points of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, that's fucking cool, man. Which is fucking cool, you know? Um, we thought, you know, to be perfectly honest, Chris Jericho going back is not out of the realm of possibility. He has been one of those people who, in his entire career, has jumped before. Um, and, and you know, if he, if he thought... Uh, as much as he apparently loves being in AEW and, and loves the company and everything, the prospect of a Hall of Fame ceremony for him, yeah. uh, the prospect of, of a Legends contract where he could be considered up there with the Rocks and the Undertakers and well, the Stone Colds and whatever. He can still appear with AEW, just can't have a contract with him. Mm-hmm. And so, so th- there's every chance that that happens. It, and it, the list goes on, but in the end, Cody wasn't on our list. But you know what? I'm fucking happy for him. Um, yeah. He he's getting a chance to do something he wanted to do, and whatever the reasons are behind it, right? Because there's all speculation. Oh, Tony Khan didn't want to pay him as much money as as he wanted. Uh, Tony Khan wouldn't give him the creative control he wanted. Uh, you know he's uh, having a fight with the Young Bucks or he doesn't get along with Kenny Omega anymore or this or that or this or that. Who knows what the actual reasons. The reasons that he's stated as far as he's gone into uh, in all of the interviews recently, the reasons he's stated are simply he felt it was time to change. He felt like he needed to bet on himself again in a way and that it just wasn't working in AEW anymore. And so he took a chance and bet on himself and went to WWE. And will it will it turn out? I I worry that WWE will be WWE with him and you know, fucking in six months he'll be Stardust. Um He specifically said that while there's no guarantees in his contract, he did ask to not be Stardust. But uh, like I said, specifically, no guarantees. If Vince McMahon decides in six months he wants him to be Stardust, he's going to be Stardust. You know, I don't think that's going to happen in that time. And there's a reason I don't think it's going to happen. We'll get into it in a little bit. Vince but, is very good about realizing when he was wrong, though, too. 
it, and I don't like, even think it has anything to do with realizing when he was wrong. Um, uh, because it, it, you say he's really good, but when it comes to his competition, he, he can be really thick-headed, right? But that's where the evidence comes into it as well. Vince McMahon knows that as long as AEW is active, the only chance he has of convincing stars to come to him over AEW is by presenting the AEW stars as stars, right? Um, yeah. yeah, he can't do what he did with WCW post buying yeah. out WCW. And, and that's that's the argument I was going to point he, out. What did he do what, with what did Jericho? When Jericho or, jumped or the Radicals jumped. Yep. Um, two, he presented them as fucking stars. Two out of four of the Radicals became mm-hmm. WWE champions. Yep. Um, three out of four of them were heavily featured, and one still works for them. Um, you know, uh, Saturn, obviously, there's, there's, go, go on YouTube, find the stories of, of why he ended up being buried, but basically, he beat the shit out of somebody and, you know, they kind of don't like that. Yeah. But in the end, he knew when WCW was around and Chris Jericho jumped that he had to present Chris Jericho as a big deal. He had to present him as a star because if he didn't, the radicals weren't going to jump. If he didn't, other big names from WCW weren't going to There was no chance of getting Nash back mm-hmm. or Hogan um, or yeah. and Goldberg. So one, once he bought WCW, the, the situation changed. He no longer had to lure people to WWF away from WCW. So yeah, it, it didn't was... matter anymore how he presented Look how WCW. much better we are. Yep. At that point, he used it as used the WCW former stars as uh, props for the most part. Now, some of them still succeeded. Booker T is an example, um, but I think Booker T succeeded in spite of Vince McMahon rather yeah. than uh, because of Vince McMahon. Yeah. Well, um, and the other piece to that is so of the five that we were talking about, there was a slow burn on all five of those. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He did allow for his organization to look like the more dominant organization, but he also allowed for them to develop as well, characters. Again, I'm not saying you know they need to be rocket strapped and win the championship. I'm saying you no. present them as stars. Yes, and that's what he did. He had the radicals. He had them sit in front and front row, and he made a big deal about look at these people we just got from the competition. And he presented them like big deals, right? Yep. And that's what he's going to do with Cody. Um, and that's what he's going to do with whoever's the next person. Because here's the deal. Um, and I hate to break it to the other AEW marks out there. Um, Cody's not going to be the last. There Might will be, be the others. last of the elite, though. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't imagine the Young Bucks are going to jump ever. I don't imagine... That Kenny Omega will jump. Kenny um, might when when age starts tapping him on the back of the shoulder. Um, but um, we we look at some other people that are near the top. Wardlow, very well. You know, I mean, I'm I'm sure right now he thinks AEW is the bee's knees, and he's going to stay there as long as he can. But eventually, his contract's going to be up, and uh, WWE is going to present him with an offer. And he's going to have to make a decision, and he might make the decision the other way. Uh, reports have it right now that MJF and, and Tony Khan are not exactly on the best of terms. 
um, uh, you know, MJF could be a one who jumps over. Uh, we thought uh, Brian Cage, and who knows, he extended his contract for another year. Brian Cage might jump at the end of that year. Um, uh, but, you know, in the end, I could go down the AEW roster and I could say maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not on all of them. But sooner or later, people will jump, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Cole becomes a huge star in AEW. Um, Britt Baker is already a huge star in AEW. Maybe they become absolute power couple in AEW. And then their contracts are up. And WWE comes with, with the right number of zeros on the check. They could go back. They've they've uh, specifically Adam Cole has gone out of his way to make sure that he doesn't badmouth WWE. Correct, right? Um, it's going to it's going to happen with some people. It could happen with some of the younger people, right? The people that the AEW is building up. Um, you cannot tell me that uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry didn't grow up watching. WWE and dreaming of being being champion in WWE, right? You cannot tell me that private party didn't at one point dream of being WWE world heavyweight tag team champions, right? It's WWE has been around for 50 years now, right? Uh, Almost. I mean, WWE has been around for a lot longer than that, but we'll, we'll, we're talking about Vince McMahon era WWE has been around for almost 50 years, right? Um, yeah. uh, there's entire generations of wrestlers that grew up dreaming of being a star in WWE, and many of them work for AEW right now. And they will, given the right opportunity, make a jump. You cannot expect people to stay with AEW purely out of loyalty, right? Just like you can't expect people to stay with WWE purely out of loyalty. There will be some. There will will be be an undertaker for AEW. There will be. There will be another one for WWE at some point. I I would imagine if I were to put money right now on who's going to be that name that, that sticks with AEW forever, um... Hangman Page might be a pretty solid bet for that. Yeah, um, I, that. I, I could see him being AEW's my home, AEW's where I'm going to stay. Um, I, I could see it for someone like a Darby Allen who really doesn't fit with the WWE product um, but really vibes with the AEW crowd that he's a potential for it. Um, sure. You know, there, I mean, there's a few of them there. But again, I, once again, it's it's going to happen. We're going to see some WCW or some AEW people jump to WWE, just like we saw WCW people jump to WWF at the time. Um, and we're going to continue to see WWE people jump to AEW. And we're going to continue because we've we've seen it for twenty years now. WWE people leaving to join Impact Wrestling. Sure. WWE people leaving and joining Ring of Honor or New Japan. It's it's nothing new. But what I don't like is the tribalism of the people who one month are the biggest fans of a wrestler 
And then the next month after they've left said company and gone to a different company, um, arguing that they're absolute garbage and and they're trash. Or vice versa, right? I, I cannot tell you the number of uh, posts I've seen online highlighting the fact that six months ago, someone called Cody Rhodes mid-card trash in AEW um, and now is posting about how the prodigal son has returned. He's the back where where he belongs. He's a he's the biggest star on the planet, right? <clears throat> right. The thing is, like wrestling, like your wrestlers wherever they go, right? I love Finn Balor. I'm an AEW mark, like you've said, but I will watch every Finn Balor match wherever he goes, right? He wants to go to New Japan. I'll keep watching him in New Japan. He stays in AEW or in WWE. Great. I watch him in WWE. Oh, oh he, he goes to AEW. I'm going to be happy he goes to AEW, right? It's the same thing with Cody Rhodes. I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. I still believe he is one of the best promos guys in the game, right? Got a fire one last night. Uh, yeah. And that last night proves it there. Um, and I'm happy to see him go where he thinks he'll be happier. Um, I truly do hope he will be happier there. Um, you know, j- just be happy for him, man. You don't have to dog on it. You don't want to watch WWE, fine. But be happy for a guy going off and trying to improve his life by going to someplace. Sure. Absolutely. That's all it comes down to. And just... It, to to uh, steal a phrase from Brian Zane, like what you like, don't be a dick, right? Uh, what if people like being a dick? Just don't. It's like it's like. you you can like it, just don't be a dick. You can like being a dick, just don't do it. You know, uh, my you have a scruffy beard. I do have a scruffy beard. <laughs> um, I'm a scruffy little nerf herder. Um, Whoa. You don't need to use that kind of language on this non-Star Wars podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, just to to go into more on it, uh, my anniversary with my wife is on uh, July 29th. July 29th also happens to be Will Wheaton's birthday. Uh, Will Wheaton, who, of course, was on Star Trek The Next Generation, um, Wesley Crusher. He's one of my nerd icons. And uh, he has designated his birthday, and therefore my anniversary, as National Don't Be a Dick Day. Uh, And it's my favorite holiday. Just don't be a dick. I even used to have it as my profile picture online. There's a little little uh, uh, graph. How to not be a dick. Are you being a dick? Great. Don't be a dick. Uh, are you being a dick? No. Great. Keep not being a dick. Keep not being a dick. It's simple. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about, before we get into fantasy wrestling, um, uh, hopes that Roman Reigns' shoulder injury is uh, minor. Because he definitely fucked his shoulder up at WrestleMania. Yes, um, yes, we definitely do not want. I have to release these two titles. Yeah, he when he came out on Raw last night, uh, he made a big deal about holding both titles up like this. 
But if you watched his face, he winced. That that left shoulder is bugging him. And there's pictures that have come out. Um, people have blown up uh, of at WrestleMania after the Kimura lock when he was saying my shoulders popped out. That seemed to show that his shoulder was legitimately popped out, and that after he'd won, you saw him grab the tug rope, on the shoulder, tug on the shoulder, and pop it back in. And as someone who popped his shoulder out once and popped it back in, I know how much it fucking hurts. And it also ended up with me needing rotator cuff surgery. So, um, and here they didn't mess things up and make you a super Superman pitcher. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't become rookie of the year. No, sucks. All these movies lied to me. You'll go get, you'll go get rotator cuff surgery and you'll become a superstar pitcher. And nope, nope. I can't even throw right anymore. I rubbed a lamp once. And I didn't get cartoon, Will Smith, or Sinbad version of a of a genie in a lamp. Oh, don't you get started on that. Anyways, this is our fantasy booking show. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're gonna do fantasy booking. Right. Um and so before we get into this, I always take this time to uh, tell people that uh Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co podcast. Um, so you can head on over after the show to the, uh, tatnesco.com link that's in the doobly-doos and you can see all the other stuff there and, uh, then come back here for our next one. I'm going to tell, uh, this gentleman who just commented, Salvatore, uh, that we are not going to let anyone on (laughs) to, uh, flash their Johnson. Um, and, and just as a general note. We don't let randos on to our, our podcast. Yeah. So, um, and then this. It's all right. It's him blocked. <laughs> oh. Yep. Nope. He's blocked. Well, maybe he knows our insulin status. My dad's diabetic. I don't fuck around with that. All right. Fair enough. Mine was. Well, I mean, mine was too. Diabetes, unfortunately, wasn't the thing that ended up killing him, but that's beside the point. Neither of ours. Anyway. Anyway. Moving forward. So we will move forward into fantasy booking. Um. So, yeah. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Oh, mine's a little bit of a fun one. I, that it's always different. scares me when you say that different than the other fun ones. This won't be any product placement or anything. I mean, if you wanted to do a product placement, you could make your own professional wrestler Chester Cheetah. Uh, WCW, sponsored by Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So, um, oh, and we lost that viewer. Hmm, We're down one. I'm not crying. No, me either. I mean, he did call us diabetic fucks and has big inappropriate word in his name. So anyway. Um, all right. Here we go. You ready? You ready? Okay. The other day, I was listening to a cultaholic wrestling podcast. Smarks has a little bit of an idea already where this is going. 
And in Cultaholic, they pointed out that there were three guys who beat each other um, through three WrestleManias, WrestleMania 28, 29, and 30. In WrestleMania 28, The Undertaker beat The Game. In WrestleMania 29, The Game beat a returning Brock Lesnar. And in WrestleMania 30, Brock Lesnar did something that no one had ever done before and beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. What I realized was what a beautiful opportunity that was for changing a little game where one thing beats something else and then one thing beats something else and one thing beats something else that beats the original thing. Um, And I realized that that was rock, paper, scissors, or in this instance, Brock Taker game. I really tried to think of a dozen different things that sounded more like scissors for Triple H. I could not pull it off. (laughs) So, um, what I did there was essentially create a game based on wrestling promotion. Using some of your favorite games, tell me how you would do your favorite board games, card games, whatever it would be. I understand the very first thing you're going to say is you would have a current AEW version of the trading card game that was a lot like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon. (laughs) That was the old WWE game. I understand that that's going to be the first one. And I'd like you to. I'm hitting you with a backhand slap. I, I I understand that that would be that that's the first thing you would do. So go ahead and do that one. But I want to take about 20, 25 minutes to develop as many of these games as we possibly can. Things like shoots and ladders using professional wrestling. Um, but we'll start with the most elaborate of it because that's obviously going to be the most elaborate of it. Well, no, I mean, I I, I could go on for hours about how the, I wish AEW would license this game. I don't even know if this company is still around they don't have to license that game they just have to make one similar to it i want them to license this because the the part of why this is so good is the rule set and uh you'd have to license the rule set to make it the same well wwe um, still owns it so no not the rule set the rule set's owned by comic images um, so then they could just work with i comic just don't images. know if comic images is still around ah um, so and if Comic Images it. is not around, um, there's hoops they could jump through to buy it potentially, but I don't know. Um, but uh, because here's the deal is um, there have been countless other wrestling based collectible card games. And they've all, in my opinion, sucked. This is the only one that has a physical card game was fun to play, uh, easy to pick up, and felt like a wrestling game. Uh, felt like a wrestling match. It it swung back and forth like a wrestling match. You could be down and, and in one turn come back and win it. Kind of like when they did Rock'em Sock'em Wrestling. Sort of. And that was the old, apparently... That felt like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but you really had no clue whether John Cena was going to beat... You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the guy that patted his own back. I can't remember his name. Um, Barry Horowitz. That's it. Barry Horowitz. Um, but so so that's why they, they for it to be 
I think successful. Here, here's an example of how successful this game has been, right? Um, since they stopped making it in 2007, a uh, online forum, uh, TeamCanadaOnline.net, has come up to continue it virtually. Um. Making virtual booster packs and whatnot. Making virtual booster packs, virtual... Uh, I think the big thing is if they made it into a video game mode, especially if it was a mobile video game. Nope, nope. Don't want it mobile. We've got we've got WWE Supercard, and it sucks. Um, but that's just I, Bejeweled. No, not Supercard. Supercard is, is, is wrestling-based and everything. But no, again, what it has to be physical cards. And uh, the reason I'm... I'm going to to be be hard on this is half of the fun of this is is head-to-head face-to-face playing with your friends um and you can't have that sounded filthy yeah it is filthy filthy good um (laughs) this is an example the these people made a keith lee card set that you could print out and and uses proxies and play face to face with it. But here's the deal: is uh, collectible card games, physical collectible card games, are bigger than they've ever been before. Yes, right. They are. They are more popular than they've ever been before. That's the reason um, Logan Paul paid five million dollars. Five million dollars for a, for an art card of for an Pokemon. unofficial non playable. Yep, non playable art card. rules. Um. Uh, Magic the Gathering is is huge, and I go way back with Magic the Gathering. Um, Pokemon is huge. There are a bunch of other ones that are big. Yu-Gi-Oh uh, still has a card game that people legitimately still play. Um, Bakugan, where there's a physical role mm-hmm. to be able to and so to so the so the fun of this is based on buying a starter deck of your favorite player. Right, I've got I've got twenty one of them in a box down here. Um, I've got the Hardy Boys, and then each of the Hardy Boys individually. I've got Edge and Christian as a team as well as individually. I've got the game. I've got Mankind. I've got The Rock. I've got Undertaker. I've got a ton of them. Right, and and the fun is finding these and then customizing your deck. Taking out cards, adding cards in to make it play the way you want it to play. Um, And that's something that online mobile games, online games on your computer can never truly replicate. Um, Because it's all about what cards you pull out of a pack. And when you make it virtual and you put it online, the packs become virtual packs. And the virtual packs then become... Uh, <clears throat> pay to win packs. Um, yeah, I see that. Where where you know people are are literally just just buying, and it happens with the collectible card game. I'm not saying it doesn't. People go out and buy the cards that they want and everything, but it's all about the physical card. You know, you you have to physically have the card to play it. Uh, when you have it as an online thing, there's so many things. There are people who find ways to cheat the system and and unlock the cards without paying for them. Um, 
there's there's too many things about it. But again, the big point of these, it's why Magic the Gathering online is not nearly as possible as as popular as Magic the Gathering in person. Because in person, playing against your friends, against other people, random people, um, people play, pay to win in those though too, and but they just pay gobs of money. Well, no, but card. but there there are things that they do. Um, to to use an example with with uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, the only type of tournaments I ever played in are sealed deck tournaments. Sealed deck tournaments happen like this. It's usually on releases, like every three months or so. There's a big release where they release a bunch of uh, new um, uh, cards. Um, give me a second here, because my latest. Stupid right on me. There we go. Um, but um, every once in a while, uh, like two months or three months, they release a new set for Magic the Gathering. And on release day, you walk in and you pay to usually like 20, 25 bucks, depending on the set sort of thing. Sure. And you sure. get a box. And in that box, there are a certain number of booster packs. Each booster pack has, let's say, 12 cards in it, right? Um, and you've got, you get uh, five booster packs and usually a special card and then some like little trinket, like a spin down dice or something like that. And then you've got 30 minutes or so to open those packs, use the cards out of those packs and only the cards out of those packs augmented by common cards like lands which you know i don't need to go into exactly what that means but um to make a deck a standard tournament size deck of usually i think 50 cards or it's been such a long time since i've done one um and then you play against other people and those other people are in the same situation as you they got the sealed deck um they got the five booster packs in there that they opened luck of the draw which good cards you got, which ones you didn't, and you roll with it, right? So in those tournaments, there's no way to pay to win because it's all based on luck of the draw. You can't go up to the desk and say, hey, I'd like to buy this card you know, to put in my deck. Can't do it. It's literally what you draw out of that, right? Sure. You do the same thing with these. Sealed deck tournament. You walk in and you buy your 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 deck and you get a Darby Allen deck and you get three booster packs with extra cards in there and uh, you have to put together your deck in whatever way you want to um, and then try to play to win. But even more than that, and this is part of why I like this one, this game system, I'm not saying it discouraged pay to win, but it made pay to win less advantageous because uh, because of the way it was set up, you couldn't just buy any card and make it a, this deck automatically win sort of a thing. Some cards are specific to a character, right? <clears throat> so, you know, for instance, I have this Triple H deck here. One of my favorite cards on the Triple H deck, Face Buster, right? It was a reversal, did a decent amount of damage, was cheap to cast, and um, 
reverse cards played after the card titled Irish Whip. Think think about remembering when Triple H was was actively wrestling. Someone would Irish whip him into the, the ropes. He'd bounce off the ropes, and what would he do? He'd stop, he'd grab him, and, and plant their face on his knee, right? It's based off of an actual move that he does, and it's a good reversal. Um, but this deck, this card, can only be played by Triple H. So I can't go and stick this into my rock deck and make my rock deck better by it because it can only be played by Triple H, right? Um, and so there are a lot of things that this set did just in general that made it harder as a whole to pay to win. Um, not impossible, but harder, right? Um, if, if you watch, because you can still find the world championship matches uh, tournaments for these, right? And the people who won them usually won with just regular old common cards, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't some, I went and I spent extra money to get this super fancy card and won. There are very few cards that turn the tides that quickly, right? Um, but again, like I said, it's, so much of it is, is based on physical cards. Uh, and, and that's the other reason I say is physical cards is because this is about creating a revenue stream for AEW, right? And having physical cards where people are going out and buying booster packs, trying to get the cards they want. That's of the revenue stream based on it. Uh, but to your, I'm going to move off the raw deal because we, I could talk forever on it, right? To your actual challenge. Um, I'm going to say, uh, WWE monopoly um where vince mcmahon is the the stupid little monopoly guy um and then you use uh different events instead of the different uh games the different um what's the word i'm looking for the different lands is that the word i'm looking for places properties properties that's the word it is so instead of park place uh just checking to see what what you last heard before you disappeared um a bunch of cuts but that's okay did you hear the game that i was pitching uh it sounds like monopoly because you just okay. said instead of park place yes it was monopoly it was monopoly based on it with uh vince mcmahon as the stupid monopoly guy and then you use the different different events as as the different properties um so like park place uh could be like i'm, I'm thinking either broadway or park place could be would be wrestlemania um, one would be mania, you could do mania one mania two yeah mania night one, one night two. two if you want to do that um and then main and, event and and uh the mm -hmm. off-brand shows could be the like baltic states and mm -hmm. yep um Baltic. you know raw uh you you would have um uh the 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 jail would be buried you know uh you go straight to buried um you have to roll doubles to get out of buried status and go back buried to alive they would use buried alive for that just... i i i like the idea of buried because it's just like going to jail you're now you're buried you're at the bottom of the card now 
You have to roll to get out of the bottom of the card. Or injury. Be- because in the end, um, the concept would be you're you're representing a wrestler trying to to make it to the superstardom to be the top star. Um and when you go to jail, it's because you're buried. Um, and you have to get out of being buried and you have to, to go back to anything. That that would be my my thing, would be my at least first one that jumps in my head is WWE Monopoly. Um okay. I think that um, operation would be a fun one to do. And the bones would just be more wrestling related. Okay. Maybe dissecting a match or something. I don't know. I I have to put more thought into it than that. I just said operation because it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it since I was like nine, so. Connect four, only it's called 50 50 booking. <laughs> you can't win. No, there's once no way to allow. Once you get to three in a row, your opponent has to, has to, to get a second. Move you must move. help your opponent to block you. Yes. Yes. Oh, I got three in a row. You You want to put it right there. Right there, right there. Here, let me let me just put one there for you. Okay. You sunk my WrestleMania. I think Batman or Batman Battleship might be fun. Um, Shoots and Ladders is the one that really got to me because it, it it was the one that stood out for a while, or Kick the Can or stuff like that um, was the one that just made me go, hmm. What if you know we remember obviously growing up playing Kick the Can. Not well for larger men. Um, you weren't a large man when you were a child, though. Sure so, weren't. yeah, yeah. Were you slow, though? No, I was, I was relatively speedy. Oh, okay. So you don't you don't understand the struggle I had in life, then, is what you're telling me? Nope, I sure don't. <laughs> um, you know those types of things. Um, I, I can't think of one that really stands out. Other than for some reason shoots and ladders, I just don't know how you would do it. Um, other than, you know, buried and pushed. And then you just, oh, wow, you slid back all the way back to the, you know, pre-show. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> it would be trying to get to the top of the card of, effectively. Like, you know, the, the, the winning circle would be main eventing. Main event mania. And so you're trying to get to the main event um, and you're starting off on the pre-show, you know, and as you go through, you're you're getting, working your way up the card. And you flick the thing and, ah! Yeah, no, I landed on a injury. Back to the bottom of the card. Monopoly or... Life, all of those play really, really well because you pull that card that says, you know, you can do you can do AEW Life. You just got roasted by Max Caster. Go back four spaces. I feel like we could invent that particular game. I'm trying to think of another one. 
<laughs> Poor Sonny Kiss. Holy cow, Max Caster just shredded him today. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been... It was obviously in jest. Because yeah. even Sonny Kiss was chuckling at the end of it. Like 500 days since his last appearance on TV. Which so. is why... Why Sonny Kiss... You know, mm-hmm. why Max Caster said what he did. Yep. Um... Listen, listen. I love everything about the acclaimed except for the. I'll do it. The little V symbol. The scissoring together. And I, I, man, I just cringe. I'm like, what are you? So wrong for television, man. But. I even I've even grown to love Anthony Bowen's very boring. The acclaimed has arrived, and that's it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it comes down to Anthony Bowen's is not a rapper, no, and he gets stuck out there with a rapper. Um, you know what's what's he gonna do? If if he tries to be clever and 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 freestyle, he's just gonna get owned. Ah, uh, he's gonna look silly. So, what if there was a apples to apples or cards against humanity professional wrestling version? How would you do that? See, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you can do it because they're based so much on, frankly, especially cards against humanity, based so much on. Um, Excuse me. <clears throat> Near offensive outrageousness. Yeah. yeah, no, I apples to apples works better because then you're it's more like mad libs. Mm-hmm. You know. Um I, I also am surprised we don't get WWE or AEW stories in Mad Libs. Like Yeah. I um easy things are right. I, I get frustrated with especially like video games. Because, um, you know, AEW's got the AEW General Manager video game. And I get frustrated because none of the wrestling general manager video games let me actually be a general manager. And it bugs me, right? So um, the way the games are all set up, every single one of them that I've seen, um, you play the general manager. You get to put together the card, Right. Uh, but then you press go, and the AI figures out who's going to win each match, and so on and so forth. And to me, that's not being a general manager of wrestling, because wrestling is all about the general manager is the booker, right? Um, I want a wrestling game. You're telling the story and everything. Where you're telling the story, where you're deciding who wins and who loses, and then the AI is deciding how the crowd is reacting right that works and your and your job as the general manager is to try to book the storyline for the crowd to get behind it um and if you you know stubbornly continue to push your top star as a baby face um and give him the baby face wins and the crowd doesn't want him to be a baby face 
you'll lose lose the crowd and you lose points that way. Um, uh, if you continue to book the heel to to win with heel tactics and never give the baby face the final come up and win, uh, you lose the crowd and 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 so in the end, your 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 win or loss is based off of uh, the record, the, uh, the the attendance, you know, as you make it more popular. Well, and you could have you could have dynasties where you have multiple seasons that you're signing mm-hmm. television contracts through that time, and then at the end, you find out if you're if you did well in your dynasty by obviously yep. getting a renewed television contract for more money than you just got. Yep, but it all would be based off of did I make the audience happy? Um, did the audience like it and continue to view in, or did the audience turn on you? Um, that's what I want. And, you know, they, they kind of have that segment in the games as they stand now, but again, the wins and losses are all decided by the AI of the game, and that's what I don't like, is if I'm going to be the wrestling general manager, let me be the booker, let me decide who's the faces, who's the heels, who's going over and who's losing. Well, and that, that means that you should be able to book, you know, Christian meeting Omega, um, but not for the AEW title. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I get, I get what you're saying. And so it, it, that bugs me, and I, I wish they would do that on them. And they, the thing is, they do it on all of the games. Um, you know, WWE 2K22, you know, you can play general manager mode. But in the end, um, you're yeah, not deciding who wins and who, who loses. The AI is deciding. Um, and that's just like, I, I want to be, I want the game where I decide who wins and loses and get rewarded for, for telling the storylines that the audience likes and get, and get punished for telling the storylines the audience doesn't like. Anyways. Well, and I, and I've always liked, like the idea of having a um, college football or NFL um, coaches session and you have to decide what you're going to practice on. And no, mm-hmm. you're probably not really reviewing the other team's games, but you might, you know, have the notes, and that's all you have to go off of when you're the, deciding your strategy for your next game. Uh, Madden used to have a spinoff game that was that was um, uh, NFL General Manager, where where you basically did that. You didn't actually play cool. the games. Um, the games were all AI'd, but you you did all of the preparation, where it gave could, you a rundown of. Could um, you call the plays? Um, I think there was a mode you could call the plays, but most of the time you weren't calling the plays, but you were preparing in advance. So, like in the week going up to the game, you would get a scouting report about what the the other team liked to run the offense they liked to run the defenses they liked to run what their you know biggest uh things were and then uh you had the ability to to plan your practices around you know if the person did a lot of heavy screen passes you know you could plan a practice around uh defending against the screen 
you know, if if the other one, um, the the quarterback like to throw deep a lot, then you would heavily practice the the zone defenses or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And you'd make those choices, and based on how you practiced, your your uh, performance in the game would be better or, or worse, right? Um, and so I liked that. Uh, you know, I I'll be the first to admit. I was never good at like Madden playing as a player, right? Never good. And and part of it was my brain. My brain like I'd drop back and I'd I'd throw a pass and my brain always had a hard time switching from the quarterback to the receiver. So over oh, running patterns. So you accidentally run backwards for a second. Yeah, or yeah, or or you know, I I wouldn't switch to the the receiver in time, and so he'd catch and then and then he'd stop for a second before I took over running him, or or just all sorts of little things like you know, or I'd take over him too soon and and then uh, I'd outrun the ball or I wouldn't run in the right direction for the catch, you know, things like that. I never I never could get get my brain wrapped around it, right? Uh, I also, I, ju- I just could never develop the vision for running back, finding the hole. Um, I can't blame so you My running game always stunk. Just absolutely stunk. And so then I'd get behind and I would just have to wing it. And, and then I'd be predictable and I'd lose. So, so I always preferred the, the coaching style. Anyways. Yeah. So um, that was that was a, a fun in, thing. In in spirit of your your challenge, I'm gonna throw one more out. It's not a board game. Uh but I really, really, really think uh they need to make a, a remake of the classic Atari game Pitfall entirely about Jungle Jack Perry. Okay. Um where he's running through the jungle. I mean it would be basically just a knockoff, but you'd replace the pitfall guy with Jungle Jack Perry. And so he'd swing across above the alligators and then you'd have to jump over. And you'd do it 8-bit style, right? Just keep it all... Keep it all like that. So, it's not a board game, but that's what I would do. A video game, yeah. Yep. Well, that was fun. It was really designed to be two people. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, the other guy wasn't I'm I'm uh, going out on a limb right now and saying we're going to get a text uh, somewhere middle of the night saying, "Oh man, oh, I just sorry, woke man. up. I'm sorry, asleep. fell asleep and I overslept." And I will say, "Yeah, whatever." Hey, I got an idea. How about don't go to sleep on Tuesday nights before our show? Just a thought. Um. Anyways, maybe. Anyway, so um. I was debating on a couple challenges for you, and I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the first one. It's probably the easiest one, but um, we got the start of a new faction on WWE TV this week, right? Okay. Started on WrestleMania and then continued on Raw. In fact, it was officially made on Raw, and that is Edge and Damian Priest. Now have a faction, right? Sort of. Does two people count as a faction yet? 
They have a tag um, team. They have a tag team, but I want you to finish the faction. Who else joins? Ooh. And how? What do they? Where do they go with this? Now, the only rule I have is that um, it has to be plausible for WWE, right? Meaning, you can't just say, "Oh, Kenny Omega joins." Because Kenny Omega is under AEW contract and, and uh, as far as we know, is not coming. But um, anyone who's a free agent could join. Anyone who's uh, currently not signed to one of the majors, right, which opens uh, up a lot of the CYN guys. If you want to bring Braun Strowman back, you'd have the ability to do that. I want to bring uh, brains back and have him tagged I, with Ezekiel. That's what I want to see. I want to see brains and Ezekiel out there, and eventually lead up to Braun and Elias versus brains and Ezekiel. Um, and brains shows up, and Elias shows up. Yes, and like oh, I don't know where my brother's at. Oh my, that'd be crazy. All right. Yes. So I'm finishing out the faction. Mm-hmm. And then what would you name it? I know there's a name that they've reportedly trademarked and are, are going to do for it. But, um, but make up your own name. Make up your name. All right. Um, well, since the terminology Unholy Alliance keeps getting thrown around, I probably won't use that. So, what will I use? So, th- let's start with the wrestlers while I'm thinking of a name. Um, of course, we have Edge being the leader. We have Damian Priest as his, as his uh, sidekick right now. Um... I think in some way, shape, or form, you need a a tag team. And I think the right pick for that... is to bring the B team back. Really enjoyed it. No, no, it's not. No... I don't know, man. I don't really see. Um, I'll have to work on that. Um, Oh, Rude and Ziggler. Dirty Dogs. Get a little bit of a gimmick change since Ziggler's no longer the tag champion or the NXT champ. So we'll make it Rudin Ziggler. Um, as as two of the other guys, they just get a little darker. A little Ziggler goes back to angry Ziggler. Uh, Rude um, changes something about the glorious Bobby Rude. Let's see here. Butch leaves. Seamus behind and joins and is Pete Dunn again. 
I'd probably leave it at a five-man faction. Um, I would have Nikki A.S.H. Um, go back to being Nikki Cross. I'd have Nikki live in Rhea, and Nikki would be the premier of of the women in that faction. So it'd be an eight person faction. Nikki would actually be the title contender. Liv and uh, Rhea would would just hold the women's titles, women's tag titles, for ages upon ages upon ages. And the hidden behind the scenes, the higher power, who is obviously not Vince, would be a returning Bray Wyatt. Meh? No, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm in it. I'm in it. And they would be Brood 2. New Brood. Nope. Neither of those work. None of that works. Um, See, I I would think like something like Ascension would be a fun name, except for the fact that it was squandered on a bad tag team. Um... It was squandered on a good tag team that was treated horribly on the main roster. Fair enough. We'll give you that. Ooh, Viking Raiders would have been a fun one to do for that with. No, we're sticking with Rudin. Rudin Ziggler. And... <coughs> I would just call him Ascended or... or... Yeah, I think I'd, I, Ascended would be... A good name, and so they've ascended beyond, you know, what they would do in professional wrestling. Uh, Edge would be the title contender. Uh, Damian Priest is obviously the muscle. Tag team contenders are tag team contenders. Uh, Pete Dunn is the mid-card title contender. Um, and I would literally have them be draped in gold at some point. Edge can even be a belt collector. I think that'd be pretty cool. In terms of feuds, obviously, I think I think that eventually they go after the table, or what are they called now? Is it still the table? No. Bloodline. Bloodline. There we go. The bloodline. Um, and I think you can develop another faction at some point, but right now the bloodline is draped in gold, and so. Makes sense that that's a target. Those are who I'd choose. Okay. Interesting because, so one of the rumors is Tommaso Ciampa. I thought of him and then I was like, no, I'll hold off. Um, But the other rumor is someone that you named and that's Rhea Ripley. Um, And I actually put some credence to that uh, because they teased Rhea Ripley breaking up with... uh, Liv Morgan this week. And that the storyline is probably going to be she turns on Liv Morgan because Liv couldn't hang with her. 
couldn't win the belts with her. And uh, because the, the whole thing, the whole gimmick with this is that uh, they're tired of trying to do the things to please the fans. They're tired of trying to, to you know, do all that stuff. Now they're just going to please themselves. <laughs> and I can <laughs> um, and so I can see uh, I can see Rhea being like, can you hear the deal? Uh, I've said this since she debuted on the main roster. Um, I think they've fucked up Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Uh, in NXT, she was a badass. Uh, she was she was metal as fuck. She uh, you know would have her hair spiked and kind of mussy and and not. And then she comes up to the main roster and her hair's slicked down and and really kempt and really, you know, heavily quaffed. Um, and 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 she'd come out and that's not the Rhea Ripley we want. We want badass Rhea Ripley. Yes. And this this faction would work really good for her to have her hair however she wants it. Um, and and just be that. Um. I I did get a kick out of I don't know if you watched all of Raw. Uh no. I did get a kick out of um Edge when he was introducing um uh Damian Priest. He uh, said, you know, he, you're here to punish people. And I was like, ah, yes, punishment Martinez. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's fun. And I, yeah, 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 that's um, yeah. So, I, I, the, the thing with Tommaso Ciampa, I, what I worry about with Tommaso Ciampa, um, is that, um, you know, they already had him uh, dye his beard, so it's not gray anymore. Now it's, now it's, you know, brown, normal. So he doesn't look like an old man anymore. They, um, are are you know really working hard on kind of cleaning up the image for him and i i think the best use of uh tomaso champa is is and the thing is he's younger than me and so it's it's but murder grandpa that's what he needs to be murder grandpa and and I know that there's going to be someone out there who heard me say that and say no, that's Minoru Suzuki. And you're right, it's Minoru Suzuki. Um, but it could also be Tommaso Ciampa. Um, one one thing I do want to say, and I'm I'm trying to find a picture of it. Um, but if you watched WrestleMania, um, which you know I know you did. Um, and if you're listening to us, you probably did. Um, unless you went to Midget Wrestling and Carney, then you missed it. Um, <laughs> but was uh, when uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Liv Morgan came out. Um, I I gotta be honest, their look. Uh, it, my brain saw that and it awoke something in me that I didn't know I had. Um, their, their whole uh, goth Batman and Catwoman pair up. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. 
Yep. You like that, do you? Yeah, yeah, I sure did. Nat, Natty's one of them to close. Yeah, black. apparently. Well, you know what? For once, I will say thank you, Natalia. <laughs> um, but this is the best picture I could find so far. But I mean, seriously. Seriously. The whip does a little something, something for that. Yep. And it's it's tough to see on this uh, from this picture, but uh, it, zoom in close on Rhea Ripley's outfit underneath there, and she had little Batman symbols on it. Oh, cool! Um, and so uh, it was. I, I uh, my my brain is like, Casey, you're not you're not that kinky. And then my other part of my brain is like, or am I? <laughs> but so, anyways, um, what else was I going to talk about? Um, Braun Breaker, fucking WWE. Why? Why did they defend that on the on the main show? Why? Well, I I don't know. I mean. I, I I suspicion it comes down to this. Because uh, they had him lose to uh, Dolph Ziggler two days uh, prior yeah. Yeah. at the, the NXT Stand and Deliver pay-per-view. Excuse me, premium streaming event. Anyways. Um, and then two days later, they have... Uh, them come out and do now i what i suspicion is it entirely entirely uh larger television audience is about the television audience exactly it's entirely about getting it in front of more people because less people watched stand and deliver than watch monday night raw mm-hmm. um and getting him out there i was more disappointed in the fact that they took away his neon singlet and gave him just a plain black one for his WWE Raw coming out party maybe but anyways it's beside the point he then went back to NXT and uh, defended it against uh, fuck who did he beat today he beat someone today and then and then um, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this? It was someone that I actually knew. I can't remember now. Uh, but then um, Joe Gacy and and whatever the other guy's name is uh, showed backstage and they'd kidnapped um, Rick Steiner. And, I don't know. I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, our game. I was trying to, I was trying to think of what I, there was something else I wanted to talk about before we went to our our game, but we might just do that. Um, one second here. Do, 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 do. Um. 
talk oh, about yeah, Dexter Loomis on NXT this week. Hmm. Finally, someone. Too little, too late. They missed a great gimmick there. Yeah. Gunther. That's who Braun Breaker beat. Gunther. Wait, what? Yeah. Braun Breaker beat Walter. Um, I guess it says something because Gunther's been undefeated since he came out with the name Gunther. Um, and so to lose to Braun Breaker says something, but... Anyways, so that's what we'll start our game. Our final game of the evening is our pick or pass game. We're going to start with two wrestlers. You have to pick one and then pass the other one back and then add someone to it. And we're going to go for, I don't know, 10 minutes or so and do this. We're going to start with the two names I just said. So that's Braun Breaker and Gunther. Can I change his name back to... <laughs> you can change his name back to Walter. Okay, Gunther. Or Walter. You can change Braun Breaker to Braun Ricksteiner. Or Bronson Steiner. I don't care. No, I'll leave that one. So, you get Braun Breaker or Tommaso Ciampa. one's tougher but I do see a lot of upside in Braun Breaker so I think I'm going to bet Young and go Braun Breaker Fair enough. so Tommaso Ciampa or his former DIY partner slash frenemy Johnny Gargano Trampo. Johnny Gargano. Eddie Kingston. No connection whatsoever. Just did it. Gargano's better in the ring. Kingston's better on the mic. Um, But Gargano's not bad on the mic. So I'm going to go with Gargano. Uh, Eddie Kingston or let's stick with Eddie's. Eddie Kingston or Eddie Edwards. Um, Six months ago, this is a different answer. I'm going to take Kingston. So, Eddie Edwards or Chris Bay. 
Um. Staying in the same promotion. I'm going to go with Chris Bay. Can't blame you. I think he's got a bigger upside in the end. Um, So, Eddie Edwards. I don't want Eddie Edwards to be the... uh, who won't be? Eddie Edwards or this is a weird pairing. Eddie Edwards or Xavier Woods. I think I take Xavier Woods. I think the long-term upside, there's more to do. There's more to do with him. I'm going to give you Eddie Edwards or Edge today. It was easier until you said that last word. Um... I see. Seven hundred minute match edge. Yeah, I, I still think I'm probably going to go with edge though. It's a tough one, but uh, I agree. Um, so Eddie Edwards or. Eddie Edwards. EC3 or Killer Cross? Killer Cross. EC3 or... EC3 or Matt Cardona? Mm. You literally said the same thing I was expecting to pass on. Cardona. Yeah. EC3 or Darby Allen. Um, Darby Allen got a little bit more upside. Um, God, is EC3 going to end up being? No. Um, EC3. Well, we mentioned him earlier. Dolphy Ziggs. I'll take Dolph. 
And I know EC3 has more time to develop. I still think Dolph. EC3 or um, Pete Dunn. Um, I'm going to take EC3 in that case. That's valid. Pete Dunn or hmm. Pete Dunn or Finn Balor. Finn Balor. That's pretty hands down, in fact. Um, so, so I saw Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn, or Fabian Eichner. Pete Dunn, Fabian Eichner, or Marcel Bartel. That's pure promo. By the way, they're pretty evenly matched in the ring, but pure promo. Marcel Bartel or Miro? Miro. This one's going to be the tougher one. Marcel Bartel or Oni Lorcan? Oni Lorcan. Marcel Bartel or and nothing. Um, I still have Marcel Bartel, right? Yes. Okay. Or. Hmm. We already used Gunther, so I can't use him. Roger Strong. Roddy. Wow. I'm a Roddy fan. Uh, Marcel Bartel or Cesaro? Cesaro. Who, by the way, just uh, filed a trademark for CZRO. So he might be doing that instead of going back to Claudio Castagnoli. Get Marcel to Bartel. Oh, no. I just said Cesaro, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Marcel Bartel or Max Caster. Oh, that's actually tougher than you think it is. Because I'm not saying Caster's not good in the ring. But you don't like him because of the raps. It's not that I don't like him. I I think sometimes his raps are a little simplistic, but other times they're fire. But what I was going to say is, is uh, not saying he's not good in the ring, but Marcel Bartel is better in the ring than him. 
But Max Caster is better on the mic than Bartel. And so there, here I've got to prioritize. Um, or I say Marcel Bartel, and then I give you Max Caster or Anthony Bowens. I think that's. I'm gonna go and say that that's easier said, easier uh, done than, than most people would think. I will explain this though. There is a ratio about how likable a professional wrestling or professional wrestler is, and that ratio is somewhere around one to one. In other words, they have to be equally as good in the ring as they are on the mic. Anthony Bowens is really good at the ring. Um, Max Caster is really good on the mic. I wouldn't expect either of them to put up my tent. So I'm going to go with Anthony Bowens. Because I think at the end of the day, he's the one who... You cannot you cannot perform without the wrestling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, Max Caster or... Your turn. Max oh, shit. I just had it already given with you. Okay. Max Caster or John Cena? So, for clarification. Rapper Cena. Rapper Cena? <laughs> yes. Caster's actually a better rapper than Cena. Mm-hmm. But even at that time with his five moves of doom, Cena was still more entertaining in the ring. I would agree. Probably still Cena. So we'll do one more round. Uh, Max Caster or New Age Outlaws era Road Dog. Boy. The fact that Caster does it as a rap gives him an, a slight edge, and I mean a very slight edge in promo. Because Road Dog could, could lip off with the best of them. I'm going to go ahead and take Road Dog because of in-ring work. But it's a lot thinner than most people think it is. So, Max Caster, or another very, 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 very famous promo professional, The Ultimate Warrior. Why you gotta do that to me? 
so we can so Max Caster gets some respect and doesn't end as our last one. No, I, I I see that. But I was I was gonna throw something funny out by keeping Max Caster in. Um Okay, Max Caster or another really, really, really famous promo no, skill no, guy. No, 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 but you're, you're Scott gonna, Steiner. You're you're gonna make me say Ultimate Warrior just so I can say to you Max Caster or the team of Wayne and Daryl from Letterkenny. <laughs> Wayne and Daryl. <laughs> and that's only because in season two, Derry was legend. Legendary. I love that show. I could watch that show for hours. I have watched that show for hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways. So unfortunately, Max Caster ends up as our odd man out. Um, but part of that's due to shenanigans on my part. So, um, yeah. Doesn't count. Um, but on that note, we're going to start wrapping things up on the Fantasy Booking Institute because it's getting late and we're still fucking tired from 80 hours of WrestleMania over the weekend. Um, it's a lot of WrestleMania. We survived Hell Week, man. Yeah. So, um, there, there's a guy on TikTok who made a video. And it's another one of those tribalist videos um, that kind of bugs me. But his whole point of his videos, he said, listen, guys, I don't care what you say, but Tony Khan could not pull off an event like WrestleMania. Um, he, he just couldn't do it. Um, and it sparked some debate. And I'm of the mindset that Tony Khan can eventually do it. But keep in mind that WrestleMania... 38 was the 38th of them um, for a company that goes back almost 50 years um, and has had a lot of time to build up and had little to no competition prior to, you know, most of the time, right? Vast majority of WWE's time as a company, they didn't have any competition for the nationwide wrestling audience. Um, they really only had competition for about 106 weeks. I was going to mm-hmm. say 80, 83, but mm-hmm. yep, there WCW was some on both sides. Them for, yeah. yeah, yeah, WCW didn't go from no ratings to beating them overnight. No, so, um, so yeah, um, you know, <clears throat> here's the deal: WrestleMania has always been the biggest event in professional wrestling even when wcw was beating wwe in the ratings and everything in terms of a pay-per-view wrestlemania always had a larger crowd than the wcw one but wcw still was selling out stadiums um the same size of stadiums as wwe is using Mm -hmm. um so AEW can get there. Will they get there in the next year or two? Maybe, maybe not. 
Do did they sell out a twenty thousand seat arena? Yes, right. Um, could they sell out a thirty thousand seat arena? I'm pretty sure they could today. Could they sell out an NFL football stadium? Tampa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they could. Jacksonville. Yep. They could sell out that stadium. Um, would they get seventy-seven thousand fans? Um, you know, I'm. I'm going to take this time to point out and remind people that WWE always inflates their number. Well, always. You can only hold one hundred and five in that properly configured. Mm-hmm. Properly configured, one hundred and five, and configured for a football game. Slant. It's rated at eighty thousand. Yep. And they have done 105 in a They have done 105 before, yes. But But at the end of the day, you're cutting off, at minimum, the end zone to one side on a stadium that's only configured for, what, 84,000? Was that what it was? Well, it's 80,000 seats, but that doesn't count any at ground level. And WWE had... Quite a bit of ground level. Thousands at ground level. Yes. Um, and so, but they cut off a huge portion of that those 80,000 seats because of the screen and stuff. They, they did cut off. So, I, I, I would argue that they had as much ground uh, level seats as they cut off on the end zone. Um, but still, they said yeah, they... I agree. I agree with that. They said they, they the attendance was 77,000 on night one and 70 six on night two or 78 on night two something like which that which means they didn't sell out um, the upper deck which is um kind of what my and and uh Meltzer and a couple other people are reporting that in terms of actual sold tickets they were only at sixty five thousand. um now that's not uncommon uh for a company like wwe to hold back a bunch of tickets uh to give to vips to give out on on promos sure. Right, I am certain there was a radio station in the Den- in the Dallas area that had a you know twelfth caller has a chance to win tickets to WrestleMania. You yeah. know, uh, that's the way you promo these things. So, um, but so so do I think AEW could sell out a sixty five thousand seat arena? Maybe, maybe not right now, but in a year or so, maybe the right pay per view. Uh, with the right setup, possibly. Um, I do think that there's one thing that WWE can't take credit for that helps them sell out their arenas for WrestleMania, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the other events that take place in... Especially around WrestleMania. Around WrestleMania, right? Yeah. We mentioned... There was a Control Your Narrative. There was a Ring of Honor show. There was an Impact Wrestling show. There were two Joey Janela Spring Breaks for GCW. There were two Bloodsports nights. Um, There were dozens of indies. Zello Pro had an indie uh, event on Friday. Again, Um, Midget Wrestling and Kearney. Midget Wrestling and Kearney. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, And so, but all just around around the, the, the city... At the host of WrestleMania, there were literally dozens upon dozens of other 
event going on the same weekend as WrestleMania, right? If AEW planned their pay-per-view at a 65,000-seat arena uh, and uh, made a point... Announced it a year ahead of time. Announced it a year ahead of time and made a point to choose a town that also had the facilities to have a Ring of Honor show, a Impact Wrestling show, some GCW shows, some uh, indie shows like Zello Pro and warrior wrestling and all that stuff right you get enough of those other shows you'll sell out a sixty-five thousand seat arena right yeah. um like do i think it'll happen this year no do i think it'll happen next year probably not um but wrestlemania will always be if only because of the the aura of wrestlemania um it'll always sell out and it'll always sell a shit ton of tickets um true and so, um, but I just, like, this guy comes on, he's like, Tony Khan could never do it. Tony Khan could do it, right? Not right now, not the way it's set up right now, but, um, but Tony Khan is building this company in a way that he wants longevity out of. He's not just going after the, the one time beat him and, and then fall apart sort of thing. Right. And. Um, so I think it'll eventually happen, uh, but they've got to establish more stars and some more mainstream recognition, right? Um, you know, they're not going to sell out a 65,000 seat arena, um, you know, with a show that only gets about a million viewers a night on TBS, right? Um, they have to improve those ratings. They're gonna. They've been improving those ratings. They're gonna continue to improve those ratings as marketing goes and as more uh, word gets out, um, things like that. It's it's all about time. But my biggest problem was just the statement of him saying that Tony Khan could never do it, ever do it, um, and implying that somehow or another, um, that makes WWE inherently better. Um, which I would argue it does not. Uh, at best, it makes us understand that WWE has had a 50-year head start on this. Um, but in the end, yeah, it's it, it's going to happen eventually. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it didn't happen straight away with WCW. So. No. Again, yeah. WCW existed in some form or another for almost 15 years. Well, and, and quite frankly, Bischoff, when he took over, the guy who, who built it to mm-hmm. WCW, um, got a deal with Universal. Yeah, well... Because he couldn't afford to keep going to big arenas all over the yeah. place. Re- remember, uh, it, in his own words... Uh, his original goal when he took over as CEO of WCW was just to make a dollar, literally one dollar, right? Just to be in the black by one dollar. Um, and when he when he made that goal, then it was to move on to the next thing and eventually beat. But at first, it was just to make one dollar. Now, keep in mind, right now Tony Khan is still in the let's just make a dollar phase. Um, and, and that comes made up, a dollar. 
No, because here's the deal is he he's he's still in the red. Why? Because he reinvested it. That's right? true. That's true. Um he's he's in the red because as soon as he made money, you know, made a deal enough to put him in the black, he uh invested a billion dollars, and maybe not that much, but millions of dollars a in a billion, video game. Million million dollars. Uh, you know, a bunch of money, millions of dollars in a video game that as of yet has generated zero revenue because it's not out yet right it's an investment that video game comes out and people start playing it that opens up more potential yeah i i don't think people understand how big that video game could be for aew because someone walking into a GameStop uh and looking to buy a wrestling game and they could they have their choice of the latest wwe uh game by the time this one comes out It'll be next year, probably, and it'll be uh, the first game back on EA. Uh, so, so WWE 2023 or whatever they end up calling it. It's not going to be 2K23 because that's an e, that's a uh, 2K Sports trademark. Anyways, um, but whatever it is, or right next to it on the shelf, AEW's whatever they end up calling it. Game. Well, and if you own the last three WWE games, you're gonna go out oh, do a different. Yeah, I've already got I've already got last year's WWE game. I'll give this AEW one a shot. Or you buy the WWE one, but you've got to think it in your head. There's another wrestling game out there, and then you you go to your um your your Red Box and you see that they have the video game that you can rent there because they apparently at some Red Boxes do video games. Um. Or, you know, there used to be Gamefly. I don't know if there's still a service like that. Or Xbox Game Pass, right? You see the video game come up on there. Oh, I have I have Game Pass. I'll just play it. And then you play this video game for AEW that, that you've never watched before. And you start to know some of the, the players. And then you find out they've got a show on Wednesday nights. Maybe I'll check it out. Yep. Um, and so he invested that money in potentially being the future um and eventually once that game's out he'll make he'll make a dollar and he'll frame it and say this is going to be the first dollar profit that AEW had and from then on it's going to be game on yeah Um, but again i've said this since AEW launched this is a good time to be a wrestling fan because AEW will make wwe better and WWE will make AEW better. I think the first sign that AEW made WWE better was WrestleMania. I think it's the first sign that WWE is at least internally admitting that AEW is moving the needle. And that is by internally admitting, hey, we need to bring this Cody Rhodes guy back. Uh, because he's I wasn't actually just star. referring to that. I just think the overall product was better than last year's WrestleMania. I think I think it was. I just think the Raw after WrestleMania showed that they really didn't learn too much. I I, I, I was bored. It was boring as fuck. Um, that here's the deal. There was only the Raw after WrestleMania is known for its surprises, right? That's where they usually have their big surprises. That's and where. 
Ezekiel showed up. Yeah, Ezekiel. He was the only surprise, right? They didn't well, have no. MVP joined hands with Umos. That's not a surprise. That's just a turn, right? And they do turns every week. And so I'm talking surprises. They didn't have Bailey show up again. They didn't have Asuka make her reappearance. Um, they had nothing. The only surprise they had on it was Ezekiel. Um, but on top of it, you had a 20-minute promo at the end of the night that was just a, I'm the champ, tune in on Friday to uh, hear what I plan on doing next. Learn more, yeah. 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 Uh, All right. Anyway. So, but. Ron Order is a part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. Yes, we already covered that. We're just oh. going to go ahead and do the, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. That's on any of the social medias, uh, except for Facebook, where you have to do at Piss Ant Podcast, just like it shows on my hat here, um, because Facebook is weird. Um, but yeah, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, we're at Raw and Order WBU. You can uh, head to our social medias uh, in the doobly-doos. Uh, there's a link tree to get us to all of that there. You can also follow DA Fabe at... DA Vincent K. Fabe on Twitter. Um, you can also head down to the doobly-doos for links to our Patreon page or our merch store where you can get the Piss Ant Podcast hat or the shirt that says Those Who Can't Wrestle Podcast or the shirt like behind him or behind me right there that includes a spot for you to get all of your um, uh, your your wrestling autographs on there. Or you, you can't get a guacamole as extra shirt there, no. No? We don't have one right now. I could make one. Wouldn't look like that because, you know, trademarks and stuff. But, you know, I could do it. Anyways. Um, uh, but like I said, also our Patreon down there. And then all sorts of links. And there's even going to be links in the doobly-doos for JLB shit. Because we're nice guys and we like him. Even though he, you know, sleeps over and doesn't, you know. 50-50 booking. He showed up to 50% of the, of the shows this week. Yeah, 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 he did. 50% of them. Anyways, but on that note, we're going to go ahead and close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. Bye.